Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. We are learning what it means to confess or to proclaim or to say something. Come on, how many know that everybody in here is saying something? You're either saying something positive or you're saying something negative. I just want you to remember this. What you magnify, you multiply in your life. What you magnify, you multiply. Who's ever heard that before? What you magnify, you multiply. You talk about your problems, guess what? You're going to get more problems. Talk about how me, oh me, oh how, how does this happen? I don't know. Man, I'm just, I'm poor, I'm broke, I'm struggling, I need help. You keep on talking like that, you're just going to keep on multiplying in your life. But see, we know that in Christ, when we confess differently, when we understand our confession is tied to our heart and what we believe, because that's what the Bible says. The Bible says that confession is made by what you believe in your heart, or confession is made unto salvation, right? So the same way you receive salvation from what you believe in your heart and confess, well, it's the same way for everything else, healing, joy, strength, peace, life, is confessing his word over your life. This isn't just about right thinking and wrong thinking, positive speaking and negative speaking, which those things do work. But this is more than that. This is a confession of what you know to be true. And today I'm going to preach the second part of this, confession part two, about I have life. Look at your neighbor and say, I have life. Come on, say, I have life. Now, this is our confession. We've been doing a confession every week, and you're ready to repeat after me, so... A confession is something that we say. You say it out loud. I'll say the first line, and you'll repeat after me. And as you say it, say it with some conviction, okay? Say it with some faith, with some believing in you, amen? I have a new life. This new life is in Christ. You sound good. Out of this life, in Christ, I have victory. I have strength. I have joy. I have peace. I have hope. I have a sure foundation on which I'm standing on. I'm no longer living according to the way, the truth, and the life of this world or what I once believed. But I'm living according to the transformational change, big word, that took place in my spirit. So I walk in the spirit. I produce the fruit of the spirit. I walk in love and fulfill God's calling on my life through pursuing him, renewing my mind to his word, This truth has set me free. I am free in Christ. I have the life in Christ. I have the Zoe kind of life. I have the God kind of life. 
Stay standing for a second. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have life in Christ, that we have a new life, this life in God. Our old self is not us anymore. It is dead to the old way of thinking and living. We are no longer that person. No, we are a new creature, a new creation created in Christ Jesus. All things are new in you, Christ. I thank you that this new life within us is found only in Jesus. Father, I thank you for the word of God right now will go forth and will penetrate the heart and the mind of every person here or someone that is watching online in the name of Jesus. You may be seated. Now, in 1 John, or sorry, in John chapter 1 verse 4, John chapter 1 verse 4, speaking on this topic of confession and having life, 1 John 1 4, And it says this, in him was life. In him was life. In who? In him. Let me help you right now. Let me just preach this thing to you because I feel it on me. In him was life, meaning if you're not in him, there's no life at all. Without Christ, there's no life to be lived. There isn't. How many know that the life that you had before Christ wasn't living at all? No, it didn't lead to anything that was joyful or to even to uh, boast about and say, oh, man, I made it. No, none of that equaled up to satisfaction, fulfillment, joy, life. No, life is only in Christ. And anyone who does not have Christ, guess what? They haven't experienced life yet. See, today, within you, we learned last week that the very nature within you has been changed. And we understand that, and we say it this way, we are a spirit living in a body that has a soul. Meaning we identify ourselves first by not what we see in the mirror or by how we feel, but how we understand the word of God to tell us our spirit has been changed. We're no longer dead, but we are alive in Christ. So this new nature that we live, or that this new nature that is changing us, we now live from in Christ. We live from this place, meaning I don't live by my feelings and emotions anymore. I don't live by what people tell me anymore. I don't live by even the things that's been spoken over my life by past people in my life anymore. And even how my thoughts used to think I was back then. No, I see myself according to the word of God. I see myself according to who Jesus says I am. Because when I understand that Jesus says something about me, then I will live according to that. Can I tell you that there's a lot in God's word that he says about you? A lot. And we need to get to a place where we begin to understand what we have in him. And when we understand and come to the full revelation of that, that's when we begin to experience life. You have life in Christ. The Bible says this, all things, or sorry, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Notice this. It says, in him was life. Life. And the life was the what? Light of men. That's so simple. Another translation, though, says it this way, and this is the NLT. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. 
Meaning everybody could have this life. Everybody could have this life, and it comes through the light of Jesus Christ. Guess what? That same light that he was, it's in you. That's why you are important to everyone out there because the light that's in you. The Bible says to let it shine bright. It even goes to the point of saying, do you put a light on a lampstand and cover it? No. How do you cover your light sometimes? Think about it. How could I cover the light that's in me? Through ignorance, right? Ignorance is just not knowing what we have in Christ. Through living according to the sinful nature still, right? That could probably work against the light in us. Definitely. You know, when you just live according to the sinful nature, it's meaning you still haven't seen yourself in the light of what's been changed in you. And that's okay. We're going to help you today. Let me help you. If you're a Christian, you are dead to sin. You're no longer a sinner. I'm sorry today if someone told you you're still a sinner in Christ. You're not. No, you're a saint. You're made new in Christ. You say, well, I still sin. That's fine. You know how you get rid of that and change that? Renew your mind in the word of God. Get in the place with God through fellowship. Have relationship with him. Get intimate with him. I guarantee you, you're not going to want to. You're not going to want to sin. You're not going to want to do the things that you used to do. You just won't. Promise you. I'm a living testimony. I, exp- I know exactly what you go through. But you know what? Me just like you, we're all humans, and we got to get into a place with the Father. The more intimacy you have with God, you ain't going to want to do it. If God is only two hours out of the week, it's going to be tough. It's going to be challenging. It will, I promise you. You'll, you'll, just, you'll feel like it's a roller coaster back and forth. But when you get in a full relationship with God every single day, I mean, you know you can pray every day, all day. It's really easy. I've been actually testing this theory out personally. Just I want to pray throughout the whole day. It's pretty easy to do it. Even when I'm doing work, even when I'm talking to people, I'm still thinking about God in my spirit. All, it's, it's, it's fun. Even at the gym, I'm working out, I'm still thinking about God. I'm still praying in the Holy Ghost. You can think about God throughout the whole day. I promise you, it's possible. If you're so far into those things that you feel like you can't get free, let me help you today. Get in his presence until it becomes free, before you, until you become free. Meaning, start fasting. Spend more time. Ten minutes ain't going to do it if you're still doing it. Get in there for 30 minutes. Get in there for 45. Get in there for an hour. Get in there morning and night. Make a discipline of it. Get disciplined about it. If you still can't get away from it, guess what? You have people in the body of Christ that can help you, that can hold you accountable, that can support you, that can encourage you, that can admonish you, that can pray over you. Amen? Now, that was just a little side note, but side notes can be good. In him was life, and the light, or the life was the light of men. Now, this word life is the word zoe, zoe. And it means to live, to breathe, to be among the living, not lifeless, not dead, to enjoy real life. What is real life? Well, if there's no life in Christ, then it's really not real life. Real life is in Christ. Today, if you're a Christian, can I tell you that you should be enjoying life more as a Christian than you did a sinner? And if you're not, then I would ask you if you, already, if you are saved yet. How do I know I'm saved? My nature's changed. 
I'm a new person in Christ Jesus. I am blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. I am not who I used to be. I don't live the same way I used to live. I live now in a manner worthy according to the purpose that God has called me to live to. I'm an imitator of Christ. It says to have true life, worthy of the name, active, blessed, endless in the kingdom of God. To live in a manner, or the, in the manner of living and acting, of character. Another definition is living water, having vital power in itself and exerting the same upon the soul. The, the life in Christ will affect your soul. Another way we see this is your flesh. It will affect your flesh. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. This life in Christ will affect your soul. It will change the way you think. It will change how you feel. It will change what you even do, what your will is to live according to on this earth. Meaning you might change the very purpose and the things that you wanted to do before, prior, before Christ. Come on, how have you experienced that? I mean, I did. I wanted to be a studio professional guitar player. I didn't want to be a pastor. I had no desire for it. I'll be straight up. But God, because I was obedient to the calling and the purpose that he called me into, I'm doing it. I didn't have to do it, but I chose to be obedient to his will. And just like you and so many others have said, I'll answer the call, whether the call is to change my job, to change my business, to do something completely that I would never do. To take me out of a place, out of my comfort zone. Let me tell you, I wasn't good in class talking to people. I wasn't good at communicating. I did terrible in speech. I don't know if you heard this story before. I did a speech class in school, and I only went to one class the whole year, and I somehow passed that class. I don't even know how, but I was terrified, and I had to do one speech, and I remember shaking. I remember when they first asked me to start singing on stage. I was 16 years old. All I wanted to do was play guitar in the back. I didn't want to be in the front or do any of that. And I remember the first time they asked me to sing, I was shaking, I was sweating in my clothes, like the sweat stains were gross. I'm being so serious. That wasn't in me. That wasn't my nature. That's not my personality. I'm not that type of person. But God changed me because I allowed it. What is God trying to do in your life today that you are not allowing? What is God trying, and what I mean by trying Meaning, it's already been done through Christ. You just have to receive it. You have to walk in it. And you do this through relationship. You know, it's good that you can hear something and it gets you stirred up and you get some joy about it. You get excited. You leave the place today. You're like, man, I got some life in me. But if you never act upon it, if you never do anything about it, what was it for? You know, have you ever watched YouTube videos or like hype videos and they like they really talk you in to do some awesome stuff? You feel like super, super strong. I don't know. I've done this before. I've watched videos of people working out and there's like a voiceover or a dub over or someone talking about it before I go train in the gym. And I'm like, I'm ready to go work out. Right. But it's like that. We go to church and we get this awesome, powerful word of God and then we leave and we never do anything from it. What was the purpose of it? If that's church, count me out. See, God gave us a word as a church of multiplication this year. And I said this at the very beginning, multiplication was only going to happen as we steward the word that God gave us. Meaning, God gave a word, now we steward it. And how do we steward this word? The way we live. What we do with it. We talked about five specific things. Saved souls. Have you led someone to Jesus this year? 
Now, I know quite a few people in here that had this year. Just last week, I think, what was it, Jesse Friday? Jesse led someone to Jesus last week. Now, I'm not calling him out just to put him up or anything. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help you in understanding. It's stewarding the word of God so we can be more effective in this region. We said committed disciples. Have you committed yourself more this year than you ever have before? We said that we are going to see an increase in finances to be able to do more when it comes to the expansion and the building of this physical location and what God has called us to do as a church. See, there are other areas that God has called us to steward, but it's going to come through your partnership, your contribution of your life, committing your life to Christ. The church is not just a two-hour session every week. I'm sorry, it's not. If it's my life, then my life with God, if that's the order, it's wrong. It's my life with God, then my life. Everything revolves around it. Your marriage can. The way you raise your kids can. Your job can. Your business can. And that's what true life is when he's centered in everything. All of it. Now, this Zoe life, it means to be full of vigor, to be fresh, to be strong, to be efficient, active, powerful. I mean, these are some big words. I mean, these, these are good words, right? This is life. Do you have that life right now in Christ? Do you know that you can still have this life even though you're going through something? You may have a challenge right now that you're up against. You can still experience the life of God. It's by how you believe and what you confess. See, we're talking about confession. Confession. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 8 through 10, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim or speak. Verse 9, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, verse 10 says, for with the heart one believes and is justified, but with the, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. One is saved. So with the mouth one confesses. You got to use your mouth in your relationship with God. The word confession means, again, to promise, to declare, to admit, to profess, to praise, to speak out. Speak out. Speak out against your problem. Speak out against your situation. Speak what, though? His word. If you're sick in your body today, what scriptures are you standing on? Speak it over your body. If your finances are lacking today, speak scriptures over your finances. If your children are not serving God, speak scriptures over your children. If your business is failing, speak scriptures over your business. You got to get word on it in order for anything to be produced from it. If you never get word on it, you're not going to see anything produced. 
You're going to have the same issues, going through the same problems, and ultimately what happens is you allow them to dominate you, which then they will control the way you feel and the way you act towards people and even how you act towards yourself. But see, you're supposed to experience life in Christ. Life. The Zoe, God kind of life. The Bible says this. In John chapter 7, verse 37 through 39. On the last day of the feast, the great day, John chapter 7, verse 37. Jesus stood up and cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Come on, it's okay to be a drinker. Come on, drink of the Lord. Drink of the Holy Spirit today. Come on, any drinkers in the house? No? It's all right, I'll be one, one and only. Come on, let's drink a little bit. It says, come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now, in verse 39, we see that it says, this is said about the Spirit. Now, we know that the Spirit of God is already in the earth or on the earth. Now, they didn't know this. They couldn't understand it. But we know, because we have scriptures, that the Holy Spirit has come when Jesus ascended into heaven. Now, the Bible says that the Spirit of truth will lead you into all truth. It says that when he comes upon you, we see this in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that you will receive power to be witnesses throughout everywhere you are. How do you know the Spirit of God is in you? You got power. You're a witness of the very life in Christ that you have. It says, out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. Notice plural, rivers. Now, this is speaking of the Spirit, who those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now, John chapter 5, verse 21 says this. For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. Verse 24. Truly I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. How many know today that in Christ you have eternal life? Meaning you are no longer doomed and destined for hell but you are now going to heaven with the Father. Man, that should just be enough right there. That you are going to heaven. You have eternity with the Father. Eternal life. John chapter 6. Let me read some scripture to you. Verse 35. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall not or never thirst. So if you're hungry today, if you're thirsty today, let me help you. Come to Jesus and receive of the bread of life. The Bible said this, that Jesus, when he was tempted by the devil, that he answered back and said that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Where do we get nourished from? Where do we get fulfillment from? Where are we filled today from? Where is that hunger satisfied today in? It's in Christ. It's in his word. If you're not fulfilled today, 
If you do not have joy today, if you do not have hope today, let me encourage you today. Get in his presence. Get in his word. Begin to continue to build that relationship with him. Maybe you've been in a relationship with God for many years, but right now it's a dead season. Let me help you. Get back into that place. Get there. Get in there. Don't just treat your Christian life with God as common. It's not. Some of you have been serving God for 20 years, 30 years. Come on, it's time to wake up. We've got to wake. God still has more in store for you. You may be 50 years old. You may be 60. You may be 20 years old. Let me tell you something today. That, that grace that God gives to us is still working for every single person, whether you're young or old. Don't feel like, oh, I'm done. You know, we might retire in the natural, but don't retire in spiritual. I got someone standing back this way. She's getting it hyped back there. I like it. You, you come in here. Come on. <laughs> no, I'm messing with you. Sorry, there's someone sitting in the, in the room. She's just, she's, she's shouting it down. I like it. I'm a participant preacher. Um, verse 63 in John chapter 6. It is the spirit who gives life. If you're a Christian today, guess what? The Spirit of God's in you. You have life. Tell your face about it. (laughs) Amen. Come on. Guys, serving God is fun. Being a Christian should be enjoying. Like you should have enjoyment, satisfaction. Oh, but I can't do what I used to do. I really miss it. Do you really? Do you really? No, it says the spirit who gives life. Guess what? The flesh is no help at all, meaning you can't put your confidence in the flesh. That flesh ain't going to do anything for you. The Bible says you submit your flesh to the spirit. Submit it or subject it to the spirit. Subject it, meaning put it under. And it says the words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. His word is. The Bible says that he will quicken the dead things. His word is living. It's active. (laughs) His word is not just some little book that we read for encouragement or for a daily proverb. No, the Bible or the word is living. It is active. It is a moving organism. It is doing something in our life. When you read it, man, you feel the life of God in it. You feel encouraged. You feel blessed. It quickens you, the dead things, into life. John 8, 12, a very familiar scripture with our church. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Will have the light of life. (laughs) Whoever follows me, notice that, will not walk in darkness. Follow him. It says that you have the light of life. In John 8, verse 31, it says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. In verse 32, And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Another way of saying that is, The truth that you know will set you free. 
If you are not experiencing the freedom of God yet, it's because you just don't know yet. We know that in the Bible, when you see light and darkness, darkness usually means ignorance. It means they just don't have knowledge. They don't have understanding yet. And light means that you have an understanding. You have a revelation through Christ Jesus. So today you may have some ignorance, and that's okay because we are all on a spiritual journey of growing in the word of God. But let me help you. you got to mature. you got to grow because this is the life that God has called you to live unto. See, we are not supposed to be just staying idle and just allowing ourselves to be stagnant in our walk with Christ because when we are idle or stagnant, we're not producing anything. We are not seeing that as we are on the vine that we are producing fruit. What does John 15 says? If you're not producing fruit, he'll cut you away. We have to be producing fruit in our life. See, there are people, if not thousands, hundreds of thousands of people in this region that need Christ. And it's going to happen through the witness and the testimony of your words and your life unto them. You are ministers of the gospel. If you didn't know that today, let me help you. You're a minister. Not a pastor, a minister. Meaning you are preaching, you are proclaiming to people the goodness of God. The main number one goal of the purpose of Jesus Christ is to establish his kingdom on this earth. And he does that through the body. And it says that the gates of hell can't even prevail against the church. You don't have to worry about the enemy. No, he has given you a name above every name, above all rule, dominion, and authority. His name is Jesus. Take your place today. Don't worry about a a little bit of resistance. Someone telling you, I don't want to hear about it. No. That's fine. Be encouraged enough to know that you still planted a seed. Don't allow one person's disapproval of it to excuse you from ever telling anyone else again. They need to hear the word. Your family needs to hear the word. Your friends need to hear the word. Man, I felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit not too long ago. There's someone that I know that I work out with sometimes, and I haven't been on the right foot of being, just telling them about Jesus. We just talk about superficial things. But I felt as I was praying, the Lord said, why aren't you talking to him? What are you doing? See, the Holy Spirit will lead you in how to talk. And even then, as I was praying over that person, the Holy Spirit was telling me how to talk to him, how to do it. He will lead you in the right conversation and how to do it. See, you're around people that are not necessarily Christians for one purpose, to win them over for Christ. Not for relationship, not for just friendship, not to get something out of them. If that's why you have them as friends, let me help you today. It will be unfruitful, and eventually they, when they do die, they will go to hell. I know that's a tough one right there. But if they have not believed in their heart and confessed their mouth that Jesus is Lord, What's, if they don't go to heaven, where do they go? Like, what if you're the only person that can lead them to heaven? And that's not a, I mean, look, that's the word of God. That's not me trying to be rude or anything. It's trying to help you with an, a sense of urgency to be the light that God's called you to be. And see, a lot of times when we think of that, we think we have to, well, that, I have to like be right in their face and saying, if you don't serve God, you're going to hell. No, not at all. If you think that way, that's foolishness. No, God will lead you. And guess what? It'll be done in love. 
it will be done in love. And it may be a process of time. Come on, there's people in my life that aren't serving God yet, and it's been a process of years, but they're going to. But they know who I am in Christ too. And you know what? Even those people that know who I am in Christ, they still want to have a relationship with me. They still want me to minister to them. They still want me to talk to them about Jesus. I have people that will call me sometimes like, man, tell me about Jesus. I mean, I'm not serving them right now, but tell me about Jesus. I need you to pray with me. And they're not even serving them. But guess what? I will. Because I believe that the seed that's being planted in the heart is going to produce something. I have the life of Christ. Say, I have the life of Christ. Now, confession. Knowing that I have the life of Christ, I want to go through this real quick. I got three, four minutes. See, the confession is stating something we believe, it's declaring something we know to be true, and it's proclaiming a truth we have accepted within our heart or wholeheartedly. So, in other words, your confession is a proclamation of what you know to be true. What is truth to you today? Because what, how you speak and what you speak is your truth today. This is in regards of healing in your body. This is in regards of your life when it comes to the raising of your kids. Do you always talk negative about your kids? Like, man, these kids are just, they're God. They're something, all right. Guess what? They come from you. So if they're acting a certain way, it's because of you. The Bible says to train up your child in the way they should go. Think about it. who trains them up? The parents. There's three things when it comes to confession. We have wrong confession or wrong believing, and ultimately it becomes wrong confessing. Wrong confession is a confession of defeat. It's a confession of failure, and ultimately is giving authority to Satan. When I confess negatively or wrong, I'm allowing the enemy to have supremacy in my life. I'm allowing to believe his word over God's word. See, you need to get to a place where you stop talking about how you're always being defeated. Satan's winning. He has victory over you. He's hindering you. You need to get to a place where you are speaking the word of God. See, your confession is determining your victory or your defeat. Is determining your victory or your defeat. Because remember, confession is made from the heart, meaning what you're confessing is what you believe. See, we got to get to a place that we are not glorifying the enemy and glorifying the situation, but we are glorifying God. Our confession is proclaiming a truth that we have accepted within our heart. It's declaring something we know to be true, and it's stating what we believe. That's why giving testimonies is good. Giving your testimony is good. It's confessing good things. When's the last time that you could have testified of the goodness of God in your life? You told somebody your testimony. Maybe today you don't, I don't really know what my testimony is. Take some time and think about it. You know, this week, write it down. Think about it. Think about how God's, and I guarantee you, you'd be like, wow, he really has changed my life. I have a new life in him. I really do have this Zoe life. Now, when it comes to fear, you might be afraid right now. But let me help you. In the natural, 
you have fear, but in the spirit, you don't. See, the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, for God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. See, fear is something that is coming from the inside of you or isn't something that is coming from the inside of you if you're a Christian. It is something coming from the outside of you. Let me say that again. Fear is something that is not coming from the inside of you if you're a Christian. No, it is something that is coming from the outside of you trying to get a hold of you, and it ultimately is from the enemy. But the Bible says that God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. So you have a spirit of power. You have a spirit of love. You have a spirit of a sound mind. And when you confess it, then this is what you are allowing to dominate your life. Man, this is good. I could preach for another 20 minutes, but I'm not going to. See, we have to recognize that God has not given us a spirit of fear. We need to learn to stand on our ground against the enemy. The Bible instructs you to resist the devil and he will flee from you. That means you can resist the devil. You do this in your heart, then you do this through your confession. You got to speak. All throughout the Bible, you see men of God, women of God speak, confess what they believe. So much more. <laughs> Sorry. Let me get to this last part. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. Actually, no, verse 19. And I'm going to finish with this. Verse 19. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter this holy place, by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. (laughs) Come on. 21, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, Jesus, verse 22, let us draw near. Say, drawing near. I'm drawing near. See, this life in Christ, you're going to have to draw near to God. The Bible says when you abide in him, he'll abide in you. The Bible says that when you Set your mind on him or set your mind on things above. Come on, you got to set your mind on things above. Think, so think about setting means you got to do something. Right here it says drawing near. You got to do something. You can't just live the same life if you're constantly being defeated and dominated and overthrown. That's not life in Christ. No, that's giving power to the enemy. Even if you are going through something. See, we think that since we're going through something, that we can't have life in Christ until we get through or finish with that stuff. That's not true. In the Bible, you see people that go through stuff but are still serving God and pursuing after God. You're gonna have to learn how to serve God, pursue God, and have life in Christ even what you're going through. I mean, dear God, if because of trial and temptation and struggles that we go through, if we go through these things and say, well, I'm not gonna serve God because I'm going through this, it's hard to. You're never gonna serve God because welcome to life. You don't want, you're not promised a, problem, a problem-free life. You're just not. You're going to go through things, but it's how you go through it. How you go through it. 
Now he says, let us draw near with a true heart and full of assurance of faith. Notice faith is a big key to your confession. With our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 23. Let us hold fast. Hold fast. Let us hold fast. Hold fast what? The confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. Doesn't this remind you of Romans chapter 4 when it said that Abraham did not waver at the side of his barrenness or at Sarah's side of her barrenness, but he was fully persuaded that what God promised that he was able to perform. Doesn't that look just like this? You got to hold fast to the confession of your faith. You got to hold fast. Not being tossed to and fro, not being like a person that's just wavering without hope. It says, for he who promises, faithful. So you're serving a God that's faithful. Even when you're faithless. Isn't that cool? Today, stand to your feet. Man, I think about The word of God. The Bible says the word of God is like medicine. It's like medicine. It's health to you. Think about medicine. If the doctor prescribes you medicine, but you don't take it, you just leave it on the, you know, maybe you have it in your restroom somewhere on the countertop, or maybe you have it by the nightstand. The doctor prescribes this medicine to you, but you don't take it. Well, the medicine's not going to work in your body because you're obviously not taking of it. Now, you have the medicine there, but it's not doing what the doctors prescribed it to do. It's the same way of God's word. His word is medicine to your soul. And that medicine can be there the whole time, and you never consume of it. You never take of it. It's just sitting there waiting for you. And isn't it funny the doctor always prescribes it in a certain way to take it a certain way? It's the same way biblically. You're going to have to learn how to take the word of God, how to receive that medicine, and it will cause healing to you. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.